Hello, everyone, and welcome to Grip Lock, Foundation Disc Golf's weekly podcast. I'm Hunter, joined as always by Trevor, and we also have Brody Smith in the booth today. Uh, we're not going to really be like interviewing Brody. He's just on the podcast, so this is just he's another co-host here today. Connor's back there. We don't have a Connor cam, though, so you're not going to see Connor's face today. Sad. Hey. <laughs> Maybe we'll just like, we'll just mouth when he talks so that they can still see you something speak happening. through me. Okay, that sounds good. I'm really excited to be here with you guys today. All right, bye. I, did, I, mean, I feel like I, did, I just nailed it. I did it. see the editing. You probably put your face on my <laughs> face <laughs> and just mouth the words. Just, just cut your face in like in between us somewhere. If you don't know what I'm talking about, what was the end? Was it the end of the putting video? The 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 shot yeah. video, the right? Shot. We're the, trying the to recreate the shot. Yeah. yeah, if you haven't seen the ending of that video, do. It's, the best part of that video is just whenever Hunter goes, la, 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 la. <laughs> yeah. like American flag guy. We need it. That needs to be a gif or like some sort of like little video thing. Someone send me that. Someone, Someone try, will make it. Someone Keto, that. you're listening. Jiffy, you're yeah. on. Jiff it. <laughs> Jiff it up. Get that jiffy going. Uh, but last weekend, we had the Des Moines Challenge, uh, the Desmondes Challenge. On the MPO side, we'll go through the results really quick and talk through a few stories. We had Paul McBeth taking it down by two, Calvin Heimberg coming in second, and Gavin Rathbun coming in third. He's been underrated this year. He really has been. He's been having a really good season. He's really good. First thing I noticed was some of the newer faces up top. So we had Raven Newsom, who was on lead card, going to the final round. Oh, man. Uh, have you played with Raven at all this year? I played with him. Yeah, I think I played with him earlier in this season at some point. Yeah, and then we had... Gavin Rathbone, obviously, I just said coming in third. Mm-hmm. Um, is he a rookie, Raven? No, no, no Raven's not. I was going to say, because he would be for sure rookie of the year. No, right now, Gannon Burr is leading rookie yeah, of the year. Yeah, I knew that, but I was, that's what I was wondering Gannon about. Gannon Burr Raven. is getting sneaky good. what, the Waco finish? Uh, well, it's just Gannon. points. I know, but... He's just been playing a lot this year, and he's been doing good I think all you have them. to like finish... The, we can get into that later about the whole rookie of the year <laughs> situation. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on it, but I do think it's kind of... I think you have to finish like, in the top five. For uh, points on the on the on the on, to get points, yeah. No, you get I points think, for any finish. No, yeah, it's no, PDGA points. No, you don't. You absolutely do. No, you, <laughs> oh, right. oh, please, yep. please. Yeah, that's easy money. Thank you. I've I'm, looked into this. You definitely get points. You for remember, I had rookie the of the year points. Rookie of the year snub of all time. Yeah, I had rookie. <laughs> of the year I looked points. into this. You do not have. You do not. I have, promise you, I had rookie of the year points. Yeah, you but probably this, when were you, you probably, a rookie though, like five years. Well, I did ago? the same thing, Paul. Or but you probably played, <laughs> I did the same thing Brody did. Where but you probably I played local events and finished high in local events mm, because the elite series is considered an A tier. How do you see where he gets <laughs> these points from? Stupid. Oh, there's no! a bunch of events there. There's at least. There's at least <laughs> <laughs> Wait. So his whole rookie. His whole rookie year is just on Waco. I'm telling you. This so here, hear me out. This is this is why it's so silly. I okay. I can't win rookie of the year. Which Ben Simmons rookie of the year. Let's be honest. <laughs> it's this man's fault right here for ca- cashing me. Whoa. Yeah. At, why at, at, at our money, local t- at our local turn. To be fair though, so there's f- only four people that could possibly be rookie of the year right now. No, until someone that like just wins a C, uh, a couple B tiers. That's the thing is if you win a B tier, you get five points. So you just go, you just, the rookie of the year person's going to probably be someone that just wins two or three B tiers. How about they just vote on it instead of doing this? What? Yeah, <laughs> you didn't know that. It's a wild, it's a they wild should, rookie of the year system. They should just vote. So Gannon Burr, literally, can, he has 16 points, eight events. All 16 points come from his 11th place finish at Waco. Yep. That's really dumb. I didn't know that. But he's had other good, like, where did he just finish in Des Moines? Where probably out, probably outside, outside where the points are. 
He was uh, close. Des Moines, he came in. So he got 11th at Waco and got He point? was 12th at, at Des Moines. So he was one So outside. how does that make it? Is it like your top finish only? I don't, no. I thought it was like, <laughs> I thought you so, only got points. I don't all know. All right, nope. We're sticking on this topic. I got to figure this out. How did Kyle Klein win? Because Kyle Klein. Because he finished really good at Maple Hill. Yeah. He, finished, he had like a, he had, didn't he have like a second or a third at Maple Hill? Yeah. Oh. That's bad, man. So there, it's it's points one, process. Here we go. Yeah, you can you can get a lot of points from B tier wins. Like you get five points from a B tier win. So how does so it you pro? could you could literally I think like me winning three local B tiers where I beat no one is equivalent to Ganon Burr getting like a top ten finish on the Pro Tour. Yikes. Um. Okay, this doesn't really tell me anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, well, I clicked on what points process open. Come it on, just man. took me back to the standings. It keeps taking no, me back to the there's standings. No process. There is no process. That's what we're learning. Those links broken. Because all it says is the eligibility thing, which is what screwed you. And then, ah. uh, yeah, because they just they. So that's what was really annoying. Is although 2020 Amateur Disc Golf World Championships were canceled, players who changed classification prior to August 1st were still considered rookies for the 2020 season. That information didn't come out until after. Yeah. The situation. Smear, smear campaign. So how do they decide August 1st? Did we ever figure that out? No. They just kind of put a bunch of dates in a hat and do one? Shut the dart at the calendar. The email correspondence that I had. Kind of a jerk move. Yeah, man. The email correspondence that I had was not great. Not enlightened. They were done talking to me. Interesting. So we have no idea how the rookie year points work. So you theoretically... That's broken. You theoretically could have someone that... Finish higher in the Disc Golf Pro Tour rankings, finish higher in the U Disc World rankings, and not be rookie. Of the you year. could, have, yeah, you could have a didn't. guy who's like top twenty all year, just doesn't break the top ten or whatever, just no and points. then just gets beat he's by some on, random. He's not guy. even that on the rookie of the year. That wins like three B tiers. Yeah, that's a darn yeah. shame. Well, it's hopefully, Gannon holds on, so but, we can. But this uh, this could be another topic. But this is where I think the Disc Golf Pro Tour should have Rookie ones. of the Year, and then no one cares about who the PGA picks. I'm surprised I don't. Same thing with like Player of the Year, like have the like. Eventually, if no one really cares about the PGA's Player of the Year, they well, can, the Pro Tours they have a Player of the Year. They don't technically have a Player of the Year. They have like a Tour Champion, Tour be- Champion, but before but the Tour points, Championship, points, yeah, points. But yeah. no, they, it's different this year. Remember, they changed how it's voted on. Now it's like they factor in partially points, and, or is that the PGA that changed it? I think the PGA, the PGA changed, changed it. it because everyone yeah, lit them up last year. Yeah, they they changed it to where like they factor in. I thought the Pro Tour also did a change I'm for Googling how it. they pick their player, and I think it was like twenty five percent committee, twenty five percent fan vote, fifty percent points. And like, I don't think anyone's doing that. I've, I I kind of remember so? that somebody yeah. did that. Somebody Someone's did that. that. I kind of remember that. I Do think it was the same announcement as the tour card. Yes, it was in the same announcement, but it was like a weird announcement because it took me forever to find it a while ago. You yeah, had like their dig deep into can their be a thing. Bit of a maze sometimes. Um, but I think that's what probably will eventually happen. Is yeah. like. The person that is doing the same thing with world rankings, right? Like if you dis world rankings make more sense than the PDGA world rankings, no one's going to pay attention to those PDGA world rankings. Well, yeah, because they're just ratings. Is well, all the PDGA world what's rankings. The, what's college football? It's like the AP poll or the it's coaches. coaches poll, and then there's like the USA Today poll, which and no then there's the BPI, which is or now it's called the college football poll, and that's the one that's like the science that decides. Is that, is if that you the get BCS? Is that the that's the what the BCS was is based off of? Okay. Yeah, and then. Because like the coaches' poll is obviously voted on, yeah. But and, and that's usually I feel like the AP polls, like the yeah, the right. num- and the they don't one. they don't start doing the BCS or Until the college playoff till weeks in. like eight weeks in. And then USA Today is just a bunch of journalists and stuff, yeah. so no one really cares about that one, right? Yeah, yeah. 
So that that could be what ends up happening is like you know there's different yeah. different awards giving out because like what do you get if you get player of the year from the PDGA? Nothing. You get well, a trophy. You get, it's pretty sick. If you're uh, yeah, you get a trophy. <laughs> so Paul's so pretty cool. That, Usually that. what it was though is you were also the national tour winner and you get uh, a certain like a bonus. For yeah. finishing up there. You probably, there might be like a bonus in people's like if Paul wins player of the year it might be in, might his, be contract. in his contract but, that, but that's money coming outside of the actual right so like all that needs to happen is the pro tour if, if disc golf pro tour literally was like hey player of the year gets a $50,000 check then yeah it's a no, much bigger deal no one's does that even really... happen in other sports though do MVPs get bonuses outside of their contracts within a team although it's a little different though because that team it's it's yeah I would say you'd have to look at like golf and like golf right. you, you look at the FedEx Cup Right, so I think the person at the end, I think they do win something before they go. Well, that they have to like that'd be like winning the the tour championship, get something before they go into the tour championship. Probably, yeah. There's so much money in golf; it's silly. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure there's something. All right, well, Uh, yacht. (laughs) Another story from Des Moines is Paul's post world dominance continues. He's won every event immediately following Worlds for the past seven years now. That's impressive. Have you looked up the events, too, to see if they're all, like, big? Because that would be really impressive if they were all, like... Yeah, we dive into that. But yeah, this pro tour, uh, He's been winning the Farmville fling every single <laughs> year, bro. He yeah. just goes home to his go-to C-tier flex <laughs> to keep the string It's like alive. his rehab start to, like, get back after Worlds. <laughs> we just, it's like, I, I doubt that's the case. No, but. I no. doubt it. I bet it is probably all big of it. It was, yeah. <laughs> I, I was just saying it more so. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, now I got to read the events. I got to find it. I know Twitter, uh, We so I got this from uh, just, a Twitter account, Statmando. Mm. They've been doing a lot of stuff uh, statistically. I love, I, I, I really wish one of these guys gets picked up by someone. The stats accounts, they're really yeah, good. Well, stats the stats accounts are so good. It's like, yeah. imagine Here if they were actually getting money for so doing their stats. Yeah. The oh, ones Paul's won has the Brent Hambrick Memorial, which that was a national tour. He won that back-to-back 2014-2015. Ledgestone, Estonia Open. Uh, I'm not sure if that was a tour event it's Back still then, probably pretty big. 2017, Delaware. Uh, Delaware. That, that should have been a yeah. pro tour in 2018, and then the MVP opened in 2019. Yeah, so they're all big. So they're all big. Yeah, None of so them are small. That's pretty impressive. Well, if you go back to 2013, he came in second at the Greater Hartford, which was probably just an A tier. Okay. So, so he, he should just play the national tour. He after. just wins. He just after wins worlds, after, regardless yeah. of what happens at Worlds. Because then he Dang. just won Des Moines, which is also a pro tour. So yeah, I thought that was a pretty interesting storyline. But this, I'm glad we have you on for because maybe you can walk us through. The weather that happened at Des Moines, oh, yeah. because that also that will transition us into FPO because their round got completely canceled. Where they only had two rounds, yeah. But y'all had like a oh, yeah. bunch of weird stuff to where you're able to get all three rounds in. <laughs> but like, how did it all shake up? So yeah, the weather was really bad um, leading into. We only had one day really where it rained a little bit practice wise, but leading into the tournament, it looked like it was going to be thunderstorms every day. So we were really kind of nervous at. What was this tournament even going to happen? Um, and it looked, I think it was the first day that storms rolled through pretty bad. And um, the thing that was kind of interesting was, it, I guess for PDGA rules, if any lightning strikes within five miles. I think it's longer. I think it's farther than that. It might be like I 10 think to 15. I think it's five. <laughs> yeah. Because corns, corns pull. Shout corns. He pulled up his weather channel thing and he had a radius of five on this app that he paid. Okay. For. So I'm guessing since he's a TD at some events, but this, the TD here was doing 25 miles. And so there was, t- there was storms that were like really far away hitting, but 
the logic was this course was kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And also, um, it kind of went where the parking lot was. It the course kind of went really far away, so it uh-huh. wasn't like the course like circled the parking lot or anything. So there would be oh, some gosh. situations where you could be like twenty five minutes, twenty minute walk away from the so parking lot. So you had lot. to be really. So it's like if you waited for a five mile strike. So they were super cautious, which makes sense. Um, apparently, also there was a tornado that touched down at one point. Oh, wow! Um, in a county, I think next to where the course was. But yeah, it was kind of wild with the whole delays. I know, and I know it really messed up. I talked to Calvin a little bit. It really messed up him a little bit because he was shredding the mm-hmm. second round, and then he just had to like basically restart. And he said, like, he felt like he probably would have shot, like, 13 or 14 under that round, where I think he ended up shooting, like, 10. He was, like, 10 through 13, I think, in that round. Yeah, he was shredding. Yeah, he kind of just kind of got iced a little bit there. Yeah. But I think think this will be good, because I think this will do two things. One, I think it will put the women back in the morning, because that will allow them to – because when they're in the afternoon – like, when they're after MPO – they're going to get crushed if there's any bad weather, right? Yeah. So if you put them in the morning, they at least are going to be able to, to get out and because there's normally only 30 or 40, so they can get out quick and, and get their rounds in. And then the other thing I think that the Pro Tour is going to look into is the uh, two tee times. So if you're not familiar, what the PGA Tour does is pretty much at almost all their events mm. – Um, before they make the cut, they have players tee off on hole one and 10 at the same time. So you're, you're seven 15 tee time. We're seven 15, but we have an asterisk. So if you go down, you'll see asterisk tees off on hole 10. Interesting. So what ends up happening is you fill the whole course way faster because if you have everyone going off of one, there's two good things with this. When you have everyone go off of one, you have to almost wait three and a half hours before the entire course gets filled. Yeah. Where if you have them go off one and ten, the whole course gets filled within like two hours. So how hours. do you how does that logistically work? At what point do you stop hole ten? So what you end up doing is you end up having a, a pretty good break in between, like a three and a half hour break in between the morning uh, morning tea times and the afternoon tea times. So you'll see like the last tea time be like at ten, and then the next tea time session will be like one forty five. So what ends up happening is you let all those morning people finish. And the nice thing about this, too, is I don't know if it showed up in coverage, but hole 11 had an insane backup. Um, it was that hole where mm. some people were, like, throwing the high stall shot over. It's really hard par four. And some people were, like, throwing it down, and then you had, like, tunnel shot. When we got there the first round, I think there were seven cards on the – like, it was a 45-minute backup of just, like, Jeez. not doing anything. Yeah. And so when you do the two tee time system, what ends up happening is the morning tee times – like if there is a backup, is there if there is a backup when they're done, it gets reset almost for the afternoon. So it's not a compounding backup, backup throughout the day. Longer. Yes. So would, but players in this scenario would still be on the course just as late almost. Yes, it, it was essentially it's just good to be able to uh, one get as many people out there playing in the same conditions, right? And then also, if there are situations like this where there is bad weather or whatnot, you're not necessarily having you know tons of people not getting out in the course. Because essentially, this situation, you get everyone out in the course quicker, but the event kind of finishes around the same time. If I that got makes you. sense. Yeah. And then it helps solve the backup because a lot of times. So the how would you? Is big. Um, 
how would you restructure for day two? You would just flip it. So if you have a morning mm-hmm. tea time on the first day, you have an afternoon tea the time. Issue with that is a lot of pro tour events are only three rounds with no cut. Right. The you can still do it though. First round, second round, but flip so they, it, and then third round is normal. is normal. Change it to well, based I think off score. Biggest issue right now is coverage like that because like obviously post produce covering the one cameras card. Are being live mm-hmm. live is only covering two with like one roaming camera right now. Mm-hmm. So in that scenario, you might you have feature cards both days. But you might have the day two, four leaders. Yeah, be this is why you go feature cards way but, off. So you go feature. I think I think that would also make it interesting too because you can essentially another thing what golf does is they have the same feature because you play in the same pairings yeah. the first yeah. two days. So those feature cards stay change. the same yeah. the first two days, and then the third day they change. It's, yeah, that's a bit of a difference because like golf is all about because golf is on thursday and friday for the first two rounds they build their events around the weekend golf mm-hmm. basically they're they're setting the stage like yeah they'll the really hardcore golf viewers will tune in for those feature cards because they stack them usually mm-hmm. you're going to see spieth fowler and justin thomas like on a card but then they're building everything for the weekend and i don't know if disc golf is really there yet because right now for disc golf there might only be one weekend round well i guess a lot of them are friday, a saturday, lot of them are friday saturday sunday but it's a little bit different in that sense because of the four round versus the three round yeah. structure that's what because i think i like I think, this i think for more four rounds are gonna go to four though like, i hope why, so i hope like, so why what is the reasoning just, between three it's and just four? one extra day of cost really but i mean i know a lot of times it was uh people having to take off work because it wasn't See, people weren't actually touring yet so that sounds like something that that will that'll work, eventually work itself, work out. itself yeah. out yeah, yeah. because people like four round tournaments more but yeah for a four round tournament i'm all for it three round i don't think i like that system they've, they've got just be because the second the round rounds. is the day before it's moving day it's basically yeah. one day accelerating and, it's yeah a problem. And so that's it the might issue, it might like. it might not work that way because you could because you'd be have one stroke behind and yet you're teeing off so you could still do the theoretical well two two tea time you could still do it that way but you're saying after the first round, you would like to see. I like to see the people go back who are close, to leaders. Close. Yeah. If it's a if it's a three, three round, round event. tournament, if it's four rounds, I love switching to where the people who tee in the afternoon morning. tee in the morning and vice versa. Cut. So then, after two rounds, they've played in similar conditions. Mm-hmm. So because if you're someone like Paul or Ricky or Eagle, who you're always on a feature card, you're playing in the afternoon every round. Yeah, so you might get lit up every single round by wind yeah. and stuff like that at certain events. Whereas other players like. Let's say that Calvin wasn't on a feature card. He might get the tee off at 8 a.m. Yeah. and play the whole course with no wind. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's a course where now he has a disadvantage of skips. So like, there's weird situations that it, by flipping, right. it solves that stuff, but you can't flip in a three-round event, I feel like. Yeah. I'm yeah. really looking forward to eventually, too, when the, the coverage gets more in depth like more more money coming in more resources that they can like do more cameras to really see them take the foursome away and do threesomes Mm -hmm. and then potentially even final day twosomes because to me the tough part in disc golf is so many rules no so many rules require being seconded by another player because of how the self-governing is so right now it's illegal for the pdga to only have two players without an uh, official walking with you what happens if the disc golf pro tour is if the disc golf pro tour separates it and does their own thing then they can (laughs) do whatever they want but if it's a pdga sanctioned event two two sums are illegal unless there's an official walking with you that word means less and less to me pdga sanctioned (laughs) you could have the u-disc score i'm saying simply um, if you take the if you take the okay this person might cheat you know obviously there's gonna be cheaters in every sport if you take the the rare cheaters out of the equation and you just said you know we can have twosomes and everyone's gonna follow by the rules 
I think like just think of the scenario of two people battling and someone makes a big putt. There's no longer two random people putting in between, in between. your putt. Right. You have to go from their yeah. big shot, how about, their big shot to your shot. Or how about uh, those guys putting out after Paul at Des Moines? He was like t- five feet from the basket and they didn't let him finish last. No, where, Paul put Paul like went, a 20 some footer. Paul went first. He just walked up. He was farthest out. But okay. He could have missed though. <laughs> He could have also laid up, like he. He could have laid up, and it was also a like Paul it was, just drilled. It was a tw- it's like, I'm just saying, like I thought it was weird that he walked right up because normally in that situation, Paul sits back and like lets. Well, what do you guys out. think about the tap out situation? Like late, late I mean, that's a golf out? thing. That's just like an all round golf thing. That do like, you think? I I feel, I feel like it it speeds up play. If you if you literally if you doink off oh, the walk cage, up the tap up? yeah, just yeah I yeah. feel like that speeds up. Play. A lot of most players do it. Yeah, on tour, I would say no. I would say the majority of players do not. If they miss, they're like, oh. yeah, they're usually turning around facing their and back. And they don't do anything. Like, oh, yeah. If I miss, I'm getting the heck off. Like, if I missed a 20 footer and it's sitting there for a tap in, I'm it's different because you don't have to walking. mark in disc golf. In, in golf, you have to mark. So, like, yeah, you, you have to walk up there regardless. Anyways, that does make sense. And you also don't want your marker, like, in somebody's line. Like, it's, I just, it just do it makes out of embarrassment. Out. Of, like, I I've just even, missed. I better go tap that out before anyone looks at me for too long. Because in disc golf, like, you, you, don't, you can just let it sit there. Yeah. Because well, this, this might be illegal, but I, I, I do this oh a boy. lot. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> the Texas flip. <laughs> you flip no, no. Um, okay, so let's say all, we're all three playing in a competition or whatever, and our discs are like around the basket in a yeah. triangle, right? Instead of being like who's furthest out and doing this like dosy do situation where we yeah. all stand here and go yeah. whatever, I'm just like, all right, let's just let's just go around. Cycle oh no, it. that's that people do that all the time. Yeah. If everyone's in agreement of like who's going when, it doesn't yeah. really matter who's out. Yeah, yeah. As as who's like, out is just who to decide. Because it, it is weird that you have to like. There are like pace of plays rules where it's like, hey, you might might tap out. Yeah, and if everyone's like, yeah, then it, then the whole who's out just goes out the window. Okay, if yeah. everyone's in agreement, it's not written in stone. Like if you are farthest away, you must go or yeah. else okay. the stroke. So speaking of rules, I looked up the lightning rule because I was interested oh, in the mile yeah. thing. What it's uh, it? in the opinion of the tournament. If if in the opinion of the tournament director, lightning, excessive rain, or hazardous conditions exist that make it impractical or dangerous to continue play, the tournament shall be suspended. So there's not a there's like no actual range. official range. I had always heard 15 miles. So that's mm. what I've always used at tournaments. Mm. But basically, if the tournament director feels like things might be getting a little dangerous, then they bring it. Which I thought um, the Pro Tour was posting. I'm pretty sure it was Seth Muncy, the yes. Disc Golf Strong guy, was mm-hmm. the one making the decision um, when to suspend play and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so FPO took this a lot harder because they had their three-round tournament turned into a two-round tournament. Um, but with that being said, Missy Gannon was able to take down her first Elite Series win by one stroke with like a pretty clutch 25-foot putt yeah. on hole 18, um, which if she missed, I'm pretty sure Jessica Weiss had the look. They were tied. Yeah. They were tied. Uh, so Jessica Weiss comes in second, and then Paige Pierce and Kristen Tatar tie for third. Uh Pretty exciting moment the, for, for Missy Gannon. The carousel of FPO continues. We're just like, yeah, who's going to win down. this week is So there's been so four hard. different FPO winners across six FPO Pro Tour events, main ones. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if you add Silver Series in, it's like close to eight different Would FPO winners. Would that have been winners. Jessica's first win this year on the Pro Tour? This year, on yes. This year? Okay, so either one. I believe it's Paige, Katrina, Kona Panis, and now Missy Gannon. Wow, okay. Have won. But if you go to Silver Series, you add in like Deanne Carey and a few other players mm-hmm. um, where I'm pretty sure it's eight across nine events or something like that once you add Silver Series in. Wow, okay. It's uh, 
coming into this season, I don't know if you thought this. We talked about it on Grip Locked all the time. We expected it to be the Paige Pierce show coming into the season. There was nothing to indicate it otherwise. And so we just were, we were, so, we literally, if you go far enough back, you'll find episodes where we were like, yeah, this is going to be a great year for MPO parody, FPO. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the same thing. It's going to be Paige and Cat, Paige and Cat. And it turns out yeah. it's just parody all around. It's different winners, I feel like, every weekend almost. It's on both it's sides. impossible yeah. to predict. I'll tell yeah. you that much. Impossible to predict. Um, which I did like the final day. I, I There's no indicator, unless they do flip the tee times, that this is what the Pro Tour is planning to do going forward. But they did it at Worlds, and they did it the final day here, where they had split streams. Mm-hmm. Where they were the FPO. Mm-hmm. I, think that, I think the split streams was simply because the women had to go out and play. Well, if the women go in the morning, they have to do split streams. D- yes. Because that's, that's the whole reason they flipped the women to the afternoon was so that they could do uh, the yeah, combined stream. Back to back. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I, I, yeah. Like the, I like the flip streams. The split streams? Yeah. Yeah. Split? Stri- what did I say? Split. You said flip. Flip? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because the split stream, <laughs> to me, it gives more cameras to both. Well, you're, just now, you're not telling my the story. You're not watching two movies at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what it worlds. It allowed the Katrina Allen moment to build. I know. Imagine, and imagine James oh Conrad's moment when it's coming down worlds if <laughs> FPO is also on hole nine. You're like, all right, well, James Conrad just threw in. We're about to go to a playoff, but really quick, here's Katrina Allen <laughs> yeah, and Paige Pierce's shot on hole 10. Like, uh, that makes no that. sense. Because yeah. yeah. then, like, it takes away from both moments. You know what I mean? Versus Katrina Allen, sure, there might not have been as many viewers, mm-hmm. but there was probably more dedicated viewers. Yeah, they to all FPO wanted to watch FPO. Than if, there. like, James Conrad's sprinting in, which he wouldn't actually do this, but he's sprinting in his shot and it cuts away. Then everyone <laughs> in the chat room's like, what the heck? Go back to MPO. Yeah. It just gets people angry at FPO for no reason, I feel like. Yeah. And I think, Even though it got more views. I think it also makes sense, too, just from a marketing standpoint as well, is because now you can start marketing them separately to different audiences. And then sponsors also can look, because there is, you know, sponsors want to know the demographics of their the audience that they're potentially going to be sponsoring. Yeah. And so you know, having split streams, you now know like everyone watching this is like engaged. Yeah. They're not watching this to watch a different Well, it also, I would, this might not be true, but I would imagine that FPO might have a higher female demographic viewership wise. So that might you open would assume, up. You yeah. would assume. So that might open up to different sponsors than yeah. if it's all combined, it all just looks like a jumbled, you don't really know how many people are there watching them. It's hard how many to target watching. your audience. Yeah. yeah. So that might allow to where FPO can actually get more sponsors and more different unique sponsors because they're they know who they're marketing to versus mm-hmm. when it's all together, it might just not make sense. Yeah. Um, but I also thought it was cool how excited and this is this has been a routine or not a routine, but this is something we see from Paige almost every single time, except for she'll congratulate Katrina, but she doesn't post about Katrina winning every time Katrina wins because it's normally one or the other. But like when Kona won and now when Missy won, Paige like goes out of her way to make sure she congratulates them and puts like as much attention on them as possible, which I feel like right. doesn't normally happen in like MPO. Like I can't picture really Paul posting and being like, dude, so stoked for Gavin this weekend. I know you beat me, but like for Paige, I feel like it's a good way to, cause she's like the face of FPO. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a, pretty cool to see her using her platform to push other FPO players into the spotlight yeah. a little bit. Yeah. I think on MPO, it'd be a little bit weird. It's probably why we don't see it. Cause like, yeah, you know, I mean, people, if you know Paul's name, if you're following enough that you know, Paul Ricky, you're going to know the winner most likely. Yeah. But in FPO, I feel like some people follow page and that's the only FPO player they follow. Yeah. I also thought it was funny. She was wearing a competitor socks. That one was a little bit too far for me. But Wait, was, what? She was wearing Missy Gannon branded socks the final day. As she's like losing to her? As she was playing against mm. her, yeah. 
that's they have not, a picture where she like had her her like pants like pulled that's up. Not, that's not the mama mentality. Right. I'm, gonna say no, I'm gonna go no comment. On <laughs> that this. I'm gonna stay out of this topic. <laughs> the post, about that. The post this I might be was, a Patreon only discussion <laughs> for me. The post I thought was like a cool gesture of like giving attention and like using your platform. The socks I was like. Yeah. I can't imagine like mm. if I'm playing playing my high school rivals, I would do it as like a joke, like show up in Westover socks when I we think, were playing our high school rivals. I think you've already but. lost if you're wearing your rival's socks. Like you've already well, it wasn't lost. it wasn't a rival. It well, was she didn't go out with Katrina Allen on socks that, on. On that day. But that day that was <laughs> Missy Gannon was the person she was trying to beat. Yeah. She woke up and was like, I'll wear Missy branded socks. <laughs> like every time but, you miss a putt and look down, you're looking at Missy Gannon's <laughs> name on like, your hey, socks. Branded. <laughs> yeah. But I've I that's one thing I've always liked about Paige is she, when she loses, she takes it well, it seems like, most of the time. We also had the Celebrity Pro-Am at the beginning of this week. That's where Brody and I got back from it eight hours ago. Five, no, was it? <laughs> eight hours My ago My watch now. is dead. Why did I even look? <laughs> <laughs> Forgot yeah. to charge it. Eight hours ago. Uh, super fun event. It was out at Ben Askren's uh, Funky Farms. Tell me about this course, because I always pictured... It's hard. Yeah. I pictured like this pitch and putt, but it looked no, legit. No, it was pretty legit. <laughs> yeah. So he normally has it as like a 20-some hole layout. I was layout. looking at it, and I was like, is this Idlewild? <laughs> he normally has it as a 24-hole layout. They combined holes to make it 18. Yeah. And it was a pretty killer 18. So there's, I would say there's like a good mixture of holes that you should birdie, right? And if you don't, you feel like an idiot. Yeah. And then there's holes that uh, the birdie is there. But it does require a very specific shot. And like if you're off by an inch, you have no chance you're gonna hit an early tree. Mm-hmm. And then there's some holes where it's like this is one of the tougher throws that we'll see on tour all year. Nice. Yeah. So there it's is, a good mixture. It's a good mixture. Yeah, like it, hole eighteen is an extremely difficult yeah, shot. Yeah, hole eighteen's tough. It's like three forty uphill with a twenty five foot ceiling and a seven or eight foot gap the whole way. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely... Yeah. Uh, there were some holes out there that you look at. Hole 8 was even tough. It was yeah. like a, maybe a 300-foot hole, mm-hmm. but, I mean, the gap that you had to gap. hit was... Yeah, but it was fair. Like, if you hit it, you're getting there. Mm-hmm. Was that the one I saw, like, Ricky, like, ace running? Like, that little, like, hallway hole? That, the pine Possibly. tree hole? Maybe. It was There's, just, like, a very oh, no, straight yeah, that's a hallway. hallway. That yeah. was a pine tree. That's yeah, a pine yeah. tree. That was, like, shorter. 120 feet. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they could never have a, like, serious event there. No. Because yeah. the fairways are... Right. All up uh, on each okay. other. 20, um, 20, 30 people is probably the max amount of people you can have on a course. Yeah. But for an event like this, I thought it was the perfect location. Because it also had, he had a great like back patio area where they had like a social the night before. And like everyone was able to like, they catered every, I thought it was a very like, it was very really well, well ran run. Yeah. event. Because they, they took care of pretty much everything you could think of. There was breakfast, lunch, and dinner provided. Now, who was doing that? The Pro Tour or the Askren family? I think it was a mixture. Okay. I was probably funded by the Pro Tour and organized by Ben's assistant, is what it seemed it like to beast. me. Yeah. Yeah. She was on top of stuff. Yeah. Nice. She didn't mess up. Ever. Assistants are always like, they also, like top notch. The There's... champion, the championship belt. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. That was literally dude. one of Ben's real belts. And they just duct taped discs to it. <laughs> what? They didn't I let know. him keep it. Oh, no. I was they like, said next year they're going to have a real one. They let yeah. him keep the gold flip flops, I think. Correct. Yeah. They gave him gold flip flops. Was Ben playing barefoot? Or for some, for yeah. some of the practice round. Not in that. I don't think good. Thing. Yes. Yeah, he's actually pretty good. Very yeah. good putter. Very good putter. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if you can get, if you can step into the ring with some of those guys, then like you can make a 10 Can we putter. talk about that here or are we doing that later? <laughs> what? No, uh, yeah. Ben Askren, USDGC. Oh, we'll talk about it later. Okay. Right. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's on the topic list. <laughs> um, 
but one thing that was interesting to me is like when I showed up, we were meeting like all the celebrities. I'm like, they're all the nicest people on earth, talking yeah. to all of them. And then I sat down and it hit me. I was like, there's several guys in here that could kill me. Yeah, snap of MMA guy. Yeah, and Julian. If I was Ricky, there, I definitely ben. would have shot a double leg on an Askren just to see. Like <laughs> 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 guys, you're like, hey, yeah, <laughs> just shoot and see if he just stuffs me. No, I think it would have been like as a bucket list item. I would have definitely had Ben take me down. They just put me in something. They said that Ben took awful. Brody down. Yeah, so we did a video. Was it terrifying. Yeah, we did our. Well, <laughs> they tried I, getting me to do it. I was, I was like, I don't want to die. I also yeah, had dude, I would have Really, like, my knee was in a really bad spot when we did this video. Say, like, what? so it was even more terrifying. Someone like <laughs> coming at your knees, but he was he was the first person that I've actually ever felt where like when they grabbed me that I wasn't in control. Yeah, <laughs> like most people, like if I, most people, like if I, you know, arm wrestle or get a yeah. tussle or whatever, I feel like I can hold my own. His grip strength, yeah. there was no way of me being able I mean, to get did you watch him it. like choke out whoever he fought? Uh, Robbie Lawler. Yeah. yeah. It's just like once he got hit, your, once he got your hands, his hands on you, he would do stuff too where like, he would move you this way, so your instant reaction is to like go away from that, yeah. and then he just dropped. Like as you go this oh. way, it's so, like he could really <laughs> manipulate you, and it was just wrestling's so cool. It was, yeah. Man. Those guys are no joke. Yeah, yeah, I was sitting there and like I was, Liz was asking like who all these people were, like some of the celebrities. I'm like, yeah, so that guy, he's a chef. That guy, he oh, would yeah. kill you, <laughs> drop a hat. That guy, <laughs> one bad look, you're done. Yeah, Julian, probably the nicest guy I've ever met. Yeah, but he also he looked dude. he huge. looked like he would kill you. He's like heavyweight, right? Uh, no, he I think he might be. No, I think he might be middleweight actually, because really? these guys Is cut so much. These guys cut That's so true. much weight. They're all cutting. They're, they're He's fighting cut. in November. He was saying, "Yeah, Julian, next big fights in November." And Ricky, I didn't know. I never seen he Ricky. He just fought on the uh, crap. I'm blanking on the card. But he, he knocked someone out. Yeah, in like 32 seconds. <laughs> Left hook. Who's yeah. the way? So who's the best celebrity player? Ben. Uh, ben. Ben. Other than Ben, Terry, Roethlisberger. Terry no, Miller. Terry. Miller. Okay, he doesn't count either. I'm, I want to get to an interesting one. Um, <laughs> he's like been playing disc golf. Say, probably uh, either probably Dylan K- Cease, maybe. Yeah, Dylan and just Kay- pure athletic. I say probably either Dylan or Casey. Casey would rip. Casey would be really good if yeah. he could putt. He can't putt. Dylan. Dylan was but, pretty accurate. Dylan was just running everything with a thousand. Casey was zone. there. Yeah, like, he made he made like a he made like 154 with a yeah. zone. Yeah, I saw it, man. Like threw it on like this much Annie with wobble and yeah. just dumped yeah. it. In. It was uh they had like some sort of ace race set up, and so everyone was like up on this hill trying to make this like 120 foot shot or whatever. And just for like yeah, like a thousand bucks to your charity of choice. Yeah, and I'm like standing down on the basket, and I'm like, you know, watching the shots come in, and all of a sudden I see like, this black disc fly in, and it like drops. I'm like well, yeah, who's throwing a thousand rays? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Dylan this is gonna get on the collector Facebook page, and people are gonna freak he out. He threw it all around. That was like his go-to. I yeah. love that. Ripping. That's my favorite thing is when guys throw collectible discs with just no care. We were trying to figure yeah. out how he got I, it. That's what that I was trying to figure out because, like, he Dylan yeah. went to Discraft at one point. So Brody's like, oh, it's probably a misprint. Discraft probably gave him a misprint. I was like, that wasn't a misprint because, like, the misprints they like distinctly separated. This yeah. was like a perfect condition, well, which I'm pretty sure they only sold them. <laughs> Well, I'm maybe like, I'm we, wondering we if he got on the drop. Yeah, we don't know like how hardcore how in the disc golf he is. Yeah, how 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 hardcore he might have just made it like we did. 
Oh, just spray painted <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, spray painted it. one? It's not that difficult, apparently. Guys, all yeah, faked out. It just just go like get two some, tries. Go get no, some rustoleum and you're on your way. I could see the, the dark horse in the background. So if he faked it, he did a, he did a good job. He knows a guy better than we do, I had guess. All the, had they all been playing for a while, or were they, a lot of them pretty new to it? It was a good mix. I think, yeah. Jordan, think who like ended 50, up... I would say 50-50. Jordan, who ended up being Paul's partner, came with only like a disc or two. And so the first round, he was the worst celebrity. But they did, he he didn't pick up his players pack, so then in between he found out he had a players pack, and then in the second round he had like a sandbagger. The second round he had a bag of discs that were like actually meant for his arm speed. Yeah, and that changed everything. That's awesome. So then the second round like yeah. they did like alternate shot and yeah. um yeah he was like parking he was holes. parking shots. Like and, Paul had tapping birdies. Yeah, and <laughs> he was the dude was losing his mind and trash talking. Him and Julian were going back and forth. It was oh, it was so fun. I can't wait for the coverage thing to come out. I don't know yeah, what yeah I can't it. wait to watch that. But um, and you guys saw the back to back aces. Yeah, that's yeah. electric. Paul's card, the second round. Paul's card, the first round. It it wasn't boring, but like no one was like joking around, like having a good time because like the celebrities were taking it very seriously. Like yeah. they wanted to be the top celebrity. And so they were all like constantly checking the score. Julian was the very bottom. He's like, I'm not losing. He's like, I refuse. <laughs> and so then the other guy on Paul's card started to be the bottom. He's like, well, I can't lose either. So they were just like, it's the beauty focused. of a pro am is when you take pro athletes and you put them in a sport that isn't theirs and they are the most competitive oh people. Gosh. Well, that was the ever. other thing is all the pros were focused on setting the course record. Yeah. Because Brody had set it the day before at 53. Because before that, it was Ben at 54. First time playing the course, no big deal. So then everyone was like focused on, because getting in the 40s was possible. Everyone knew that. So like everyone was like, we got to get in the 40s. And so then you're looking at U-Disc and it's like Paul, Ricky, Calvin, everyone's at the top and they're all like within a stroke of each other. Like Paul was about to finish nine down and Calvin's like eight down through 12. And so it was actually like getting kind of competitive. Yeah, Brody yeah, won't talk I was five through five. Name. Brody shredded. I was five Start. through five, and then I took a triple the on the hundred foot uh, Highland hole. Yeah, the double ace hole. <laughs> took a six on it. I lost four strokes <laughs> on the hundred foot hole. But the second round was a completely different story. Oh yeah, because then everyone was just having a blast. Because they they ended up doing a draft, so they took the pros the order you finished. I thought that was gonna be uh, weight because initially they they had it set up to where it's like last pro gets with the best celebrity, second to last, and I was like. I was like, no, no, no. We should like draft. That's this would way be- more well, exciting. Then you can you can pick your pro to like have like a little more synergy, a little more team. Well, because also what the the pros were all going to be pretty close mm-hmm. when you put them in a double situation. Yeah, so sure. really, it was just going to all rely on the celebrity. Yeah. So then they just allowed them to like pick who they kind of wanted to play with because some people were like big fans of certain celebrities or vice versa. So it allowed like. You know, I think Ricky picked Andrew Zimmer or, or like Andrew Zimmer's on. Oh, uh, Jordan. Was it Kevin? I'm already forgetting his name. Wow, sorry. I just he just won the world championship. James, <laughs> James with oh James. yeah, because they were uh, long James. hair, no hair. Yeah, James. Well, like, some people, of the names were really good. <laughs> long yeah. hair, no hair. Like Team Kevin was that one. Team Kevin. <laughs> yeah, Kevin and Kevin. I liked uh, uh, Ben and Paige Pierce. Were funky pee pee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm trying to figure out who came up with that one. <laughs> I think it was Ben. Yeah, 99% sure it is so funny. Uh, but yeah, so Paul's car was just electric though because so it was going. Paul's Paul's Paul and uh, Jordan were playing good. Katrina and uh, Dylan were they got off to a slow start because they started on the alternate shot and then they got to the um best disc around hole four other other cards started best disc so when it got to that point like they were a little over and then paul and then were shredding um but then like a few holes in is when dylan throws in the 150 foot shot mm. so then like and there was like three cards around so like everyone 
like went crazy and Dylan's like flexing, grabbed someone's white socks hat off their <laughs> off their head and like ran it in. So then I like got stuff going, you know? Yeah. A few holes later, Paul aces. We all lose our mind, you know, whatever. I get the video of Paul acing. Then I'm looking down because I'm trying to post it on Instagram and Dylan throws. I don't even see Dylan's throw. And then I look up as Katrina's running up and then Katrina aces. Yeah. So then we lose our minds again. That's and so now like this card is just electric because now everyone's just like having a blast. <laughs> they don't even care what score is anymore. That's and so crazy. then like two holes later, it's the final hole of the round. And um, I'm pretty sure Dylan threw a really good drive. Yeah, he had a beast. He would say shout out Barry before he threw it because he had Barry <laughs> Schultz on it. On hole 12. That's a hard hole. Yeah, he pured this gap, flip up, pures it, puts him like probably 200 feet out, maybe 250. It was not an easy shot. Katrina's like, man, what if we threw this in? Like just to wrap up the round, wouldn't that be sick? And Dylan's like, well, let's just go for it. Like we're not going to win. Let's, let's both try to throw it in. Katrina's like, all right. So Katrina steps up, pures it. And like halfway, you know it's going in. You're like, oh my word, she just did that. And it's just perfect. And it gets closer to the basket, and you're like, that really is going in. Oh my gosh. And we're all watching. And the last second, it just dropped and hit like an inch too low on the front of the cage. Oh, oh. man. And then Dylan threw, and his just flash chains. But it, you, it was one of those where you're like, is that going to go in? Yeah. But like Katrina's, you knew. I was like, oh, she man. just did that again. I was like, if you would have thrown that in, like, <laughs> what the heck are we doing? But yeah, wow. so it's definitely going to be super fun coverage. I'm not sure exactly how they're doing it. From what I saw, GK Pro is releasing their footage on their YouTube channel. Somebody had somebody had the doubles, and I think I think GK had the doubles, and Pro Tour had the singles on their YouTube. Well, well, the Pro Tour. That's the thing that was confusing. Is every card had a camera? Right. So they oh. have tons. So they, they have, have tons. Of but so from what footage. I understood, is they were gonna kind of like do like highlight package almost on uh, a lot of the cards. That makes sense. I think the GK Pro cards were gonna be like. The, like their skins match type coverage where like yeah. you're actually seeing the throws and i think the pro tour is going to kind of like pop around that probably a little makes bit. the most sense i think the goal though is like to you know the goal was to see can we run this event can it do well and do the fans enjoy it yeah sure. and so i think i think the feedback has been pretty positive from what i've seen so i think the next time they do it they might actually try to do a live event behind the paywall as like an additional kind of almost like the all-star event yeah they should as like an additional thing yeah. would to, they um, for the subscribers celebrity programs they normally have fans actually on site yeah because mm-hmm. that would be something that would have made well, the it. biggest yeah. one in golf the one is the tahoe ha- one the one that just happened yeah, yeah. and they have like stuff where it's probably because it's, they didn't want people at ben's house correct that's yeah. why but like but, hole 16 like the tahoe event like they have people on the water they have boats Pulling yeah. up so you can have like you have like Aaron Rodgers chucking you footballs into your boat. Out yeah, the, like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, they have like a lot of cool. That's one of the coolest things. events in golf. Yeah, that I, one and then the, and the, then the Pebble Beach really one. Cool. The father son one's yeah. gonna be fire when Tiger ever <laughs> yeah. gets back. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but like John Daly and John Daly, yeah, Jr. little John, dude, he's incredible. Like, yeah, he's so good. I definitely think it's gonna be interesting to see like where this event goes in the future because it's definitely, I thought it was a success. And it seems like people online are really excited about it to where they're going to do it again. Can there be a father-son right now? In disc golf? In disc no. Golf? No, all the, no. I mean, most of the pros, any their kids pros are too young. Yeah, I was going to say, does anyone have a kid that's well, it, it would be like Avery Jenkins players, like that age, but yeah. he has like a three-year-old son. Probably a little older by now. Maybe five. But, but it's not that. quite to where you're playing yet. Yeah, because, I mean, the guy's playing the father-son. So it's going to be like 10, oh. 15 years from now, then maybe you can do it. Yeah. When yeah. Then, It'll be more established. There'll be more pros. Yeah. 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 More, people, right. more people will Down have kids. Can't wait day. for that. That's a, fun, <laughs> <laughs> that's a fun event. Yeah. No, stuff like that. But I, I'm excited to see, like, who, what other celebrities are able to get next year. If it gets yeah. bigger. I've got ideas. Yeah. 
Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now it's time for the fan favorite segment, Trevor's Trivia. What you right. got today, I came up with this one on the fly to kind of relate. We're gonna, I'm going to get a little competition going. Oh, yeah. This, oh, I'm in on this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So this might <laughs> be a very short uh, Trevor's Trivia. It might not be. It's going to kind of depend on... I know Brody has scoured the UDisc World Rankings. I know he knows them very well. And it's 100. Not that well. You, don't you have, have to up. know them pretty well to get these. Right? You have them. I don't up. have them pulled okay. up yet. No, I'm pulling them up for the Patreon. And I know that Hunter. The bogey bro it's banter. like technically your job to know. So like you should. <laughs> so the way this <laughs> way to reveal myself as a failure. Right now. I think get it'd this. be a lot easier if they talked about them more on coverage though. Yeah. Or they like had like little little numbers yeah. like on the leaderboard, like well, have on the, little on UDisc Live they do. On UDisc Live, like next to your name, yeah. it has like the world symbol and then But not on coverage. Not on, on coverage. coverage yeah. yeah. They so, also need a flash sorry, I'm just gonna one good. more one more one more take. They I feel like they need to also flash like cause right now they're doing a decent job of like having like the top leaderboards, the top leaders at the bottom all the time. Um, they don't really like cycle, so it's you only really are seeing four. They've names. done tickers before, but they don't regularly. I don't like do the ticker. It. I'm saying I think they need a flash instead of like cutting because what right now to see like the full landscape of like the top ten or whatever they cut to it. They cut to yeah. it. I think they need to just have a little in the bottom right that just can pop up while someone's trying to putt and to That's show like you like if this guy 10. makes his putt, you can see that he jumps up. So that way they don't have to actually cut away so much to the big yeah. leader. Yeah, because. Maybe we'll talk about this in a second, but people also complain a lot about the score at the bottom is the top four players in the event, which is sometimes not the four players you're watching yeah. on that card. Which is confusing. It's a little confusing. Yeah, but I don't yeah. know if it's the right or wrong way, but anyways. Yeah, okay. All right, so the way this is going to work is I've got the MPO World Rankings pool. Right. There's 159 names on this World Rankings yep. list. Um, and we're going to start with Brody, and he's going to name a player on the World Rankings. And then Hunter has to name a player who is ranked Lover. worse Lower, worse, oh. and it's going to yeah. keep going back and forth. So you can play as aggressive as you want if you think you know somebody who is really See, far down, and whoever is the last one See, stuck on their turn. That could be kind of ruthless because I could just jump straight to like seventieth place and be like, "All right, Brody, you can balls in your court." It depends if you want to build to it or if you no, just want to go build for the, to it. Because okay, yeah. if he well, it's not to Brody because he's first. <laughs> if he if he happened to know <laughs> Brody knows who's in last, I just shoot out like someone hundredth place, someone, like really low. I'd be screwed. All right. So, Brody, you... No, we'll, we'll start off with the new number one, yeah. Paul Macbeth. Okay. All right, and then I'll go Eagle McMahon. <laughs> okay. We got to go a little bit faster <laughs> than that. We just go straight to... I'll go game. number three, Ricky Wysocki. All right, I'll jump down a little bit. Drew Gibson. Okay. I think he's like... Do you want to tell the place huh. when we say a person? Yeah, I will you, tell you the place. Yeah. 13th think, is Drew Gibson. Drew Gibson, we're at 13th right now. Okay. I'm going to go... I want I want to do like a I want to do like a twenty fiver, so that's gonna be like a. Uh, I actually don't know how far down I want to go. <laughs> um, let's go. Oh, I actually don't even know his world ranking, so I could lose right here. But I doubt it. I'll do Gavin. Rathbun. Gavin Rathman. Yeah, that's a great one. Seventeen. That's a really good one. <laughs> See, my next one. My next one was gonna be Greg Barsby, but I feel like he's like sixteenth. So I'm not gonna say him. Because oh. <laughs> I think I can't. I think that might lose it for me. So I don't want to say that. Uh, so you're Gavin Rathbun, and he was 17. I'm not revealing anything else to. Oh, shoot! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dang it, man! My eyes were closed. I didn't even... uh, okay. Um, oh. 
Okay, so I know this person. I don't know how far down this is about to go. Okay. But I know he's going to be on the list. Brian Earhart. Okay, Barsby was 18, by the yeah. way. Oh, <laughs> was he, was, he was at 16 like before they updated it. So I was scared. Yeah, Earhart's going to be down. Earhart is down there. I'm still scrolling. Earhart, you just... That a rough you, one? Yeah, you're probably, 50, oh, you're probably 60 or 70. I feel like he's like in the top 25 in Pro Tour oh, ranking. Oh, man. Is he... Oh, oh 86. Oh! <laughs> Good luck. You may have just done I it. I just won it. There's only... Game over. There are still guys. There. So, so here's the thing: guys. we were trying to figure out too, because you guys were talking about Kale, and Kale wasn't being on the list. Yeah, what I was think, wrong with that? I think, because from what I've gathered, I think it's two years worth of results go into it. But there has to be something where it's like you have to play X amount of events in the last like six months or something. Oh, uh, so that's why he's not but qualifying. Same thing with like Gannon. Gannon just jumped on the rankings this event to like 60th. I thought Kale's been playing a lot. No, I think he's literally only played Waco this year. No, he played Las Vegas Challenge, Memorial, which Memorial wasn't. Las Vegas, Waco. That's two events. Worlds. Three Uh, events. So it might be like four events. Is the Silver Cup not a Silver Series? No, it wasn't. No. It might be like four Uh, events in the last. But I thought that eight tiers mattered too. No. Uh-uh. They don't count those. It's you just you just just published how the world rankings work. They They don't do those. It's literally just big names. Crap. I got to... See, this is tough because I feel like if I had, I feel like if I had like just a board of players' names, I could easily pick someone. Probably. You just gotta think through it. But there I can't. Still, I can't have that board. There are no, you can't have that board. Guys. I can't have that board. There's like, there's one like super under the radar pick that we definitely know that would be like. What you should have done is you should have made it to where like you have to be within 10 people of the person that they said before. You know these games don't have this much thought. I know. Connor. You're right. Yeah, I should have I a, thought, I should have a I thought of this game in about name. two minutes. I need a board with everyone's the, name. The big board? I need a big board to start pulling people's names off because I'm like literally blanking on players' names. You're just going to have to... I know there's a few more players left that are... Like, what if you... What if... Okay, is this fair? Can we look at who's playing at D-Glow? Like a list of who's playing. Yeah, oh, because if they're not on, if they're not on the world rankings, I lose. Hunter, do you agree with that? Yeah, I'm fine with that. And you can use it too. Oh, yes. I'll pull it up. Yes. I was reading how it works. So they get two <laughs> points from if you play in a major, you get two points. In elite series, you get one point. National tour, one point. Silver series, you get half a point. So nothing for anything else. But it doesn't say how many points you need to show up on there. It on just the says you oh. get points for well, playing. Because I can they said tell you like, how many points you need to show up right now. You need. No, they don't have points on there. That's dominance ranking. Oh, that's the dominance ranking. That's that's their whole system, but the points it doesn't say. Right. Okay. It only affects whether they appear. I feel like we would have been able to get a lot more if we had if we had. Oh wait, I'm on Desmond S. If if we had this, I feel like we would have been able to do. Well, it have been real easy. Not real easy, but I'm saying we would have gotten like further down. Okay, I'm gonna go. Okay, these guys are all higher for sure. Hmm. Because I don't want to go too far down because then it's just an automatic dub. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm terrified. Take I thought, the automatic dub. But it's scary, too, because it's like, does this guy have enough points to even be on the list? You know? That's what I'm, that's what I'm worried that's about That's going to be the tricky thing. There, is might like, be, there might be five or I'm six gonna guys I'm going to look up left. Brian Earhart's Pro Tour ranking after this because I swear he's in, like, the top 30. Because I thought I was going for, like, a 40th place right there. Yeah, I honestly. Ooh, I got a good one. Oh boy, I got a good one. What is it? It's a safe one, but I know he's on there. Mm. My boy Tristan Tanner. I think he's higher. He's gonna be higher. Yeah, I think he's higher than Brian Earhart. No, he's not. (sighs) One fourteen. Oh, 
Let's go. And he just passed the one that I thought you might have a chance with because Nick Carl's one thirteen. I would never oh, guess Nick Carl. Let's I think he's on there. go. Okay. Wow. That was I actually one. have. I actually have another one. I have another one. I don't know that you I'm do. already locked in. I yeah. I don't know. No, that you do. I am. Because <laughs> it I'm, gets real. Actually, there is. Lance I'm, Brown. <laughs> oh, I think Lance. I think Lance is higher. I think Lance is higher. Lance Brown's 104. Ah, uh, I lost. Wait, <laughs> it, I was going to say uh, Tanner Gerard. <laughs> he was like 140, I think. Dang. <laughs> yes. Is Brendan Tetloff on there? Brendan Who? Tetloff Gerard is a collegiate goat. I don't know oh, so that's almost like the buy. Yeah, you, you would have, have you would have won. won. You won anyone, with. Do we know anyone under him, or is it all like finished people? You would have won with that one. Yeah. Oh, sure. Jared stole. That could have been. You see, Brian Earhart is forty seventh in the Pro Tour rankings. So in my head, that's I was picking a like fortieth player. Yeah, a good chance. This is this is something we have to talk about. Pro well, Tour. Well, let's just rankings. get into it. Pro Tour and you. Are we talking that now? I literally we were don't planning on doing. I literally don't know what we're talking about. I was planning on bringing up the U disc here or the USDGC here, but let's do that. Let, we'll, we'll, do, we'll just flow into the U disc rankings and we'll do USDGC on the Patreon. We'll give them the, all the juicy stuff Ooh. on the Patreon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because we're already talking about the U disc rankings, so we're gonna switch this up. Everyone so, knows about this secret Patreon. They do now. Okay. So if they you're don't. trying to, if you want to hear some. Uh, Stuff about USDGC. Also, get Brody's opinion on whether he's excited for USDGC. I'm sure he is, and what he's excited for about it. He's not. Uh, no, he's not. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, all of that. Uh, that's going to be on our Patreon exclusive podcast. So, five dollars a month to our Patreon gets you uh, access to four podcast episodes a month of the Bogey Bro Banter, which is just thirty minutes, a uh, lot less, more laid back uh, version of us just kind of like, talking oh. about whatever. Yeah, we all <laughs> back. zero structure. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. no structure. We just kind of, it's like story time almost. But, uh, <laughs> if you want episodes, four episodes of that, as well as one exclusive video, uh, a month and as well as access to special discord channels, Is live one of the streams. videos we're filming while I'm here going to be one of those. Um, you can be a part of yes. one. Yeah, y- yeah. Yes. <laughs> we'll put you a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We have it planned. Oh, out. you already have it planned. Oh, yeah. nice. Okay. We do. We'll talk about that okay. later. <laughs> Did I was I a part of that? Yeah, you were definitely here. Okay. Connor knows. Yeah. Did, did, did I dream this? <laughs> I think probably I just forgot. I don't I know. I probably that. forgot. The only thing I know right now is TI Meteors. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Me and Trevor are still high from touching all the cardboard and plastic and tape yeah. from packing discs the past few days. <laughs> so there's three Patreon tiers. There's the Foundation Nation that gets you access to all that content. Uh, Concrete adds all that. Con- you get all that all the Foundation Nation tiers plus a discount code and early access to our drops. And the Marble tier gets you a free disc every month as well as, or a free release item every month as well as a yearly disc um, that's exclusive just to the Marble. And then, you know, you get early you get early access as well. For instance, this past month, they got a free TI Swirl Meteor. Month before that, they are gonna they got the Photon Zone. Month before that, they actually got the exclusive Destroyer that What's is only available What's to Marble. What's the next one? Big one. The next big one we oh. have to we have to kind of figure out if a certain disc I don't want to say is going to come in or not, or if or if we or should if use we, another certain, or if disc we, we should use got. a different disc that we just got. There's a lot. <laughs> our marble members, our marble <laughs> members will know. Our marble members will know before anyone else. Before anyone else. Okay. Yeah. Every time. All right. Uh, but Spirit let's just let's just roll with the U disc U disc rankings because you had a bunch of questions. Me? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's an interesting thing. They're still so, trying to figure it out. I love the idea of the rankings. I trust you, Disc. First off, first how, of all, what's the fastest way of getting there from the app? I'm not sure. I don't know. Go to if you go to more. Is it is there a tab no, for there rankings? Isn't. There isn't. So yeah, is there leaderboards? What? I don't think so. The biggest thing that I want to know that I don't understand is um. 
Interesting. Is how long back it goes. I always do it like this. I always have to like click that. Which I'm gonna you, see if I can find that. And then when you click that, and then I also want to uh, see uh, only okay. Always up to date. Really only finishing position. Yet. Players never so. penalized when They'll they win. Love that. Um, big stage events. So it's using the ELO rating system. We talked about kind of how it works before. Um, but this is what you were just bringing up. Well, it says one potential problem with the new system is that ratings of retired players don't decrease over time. So that makes me think that like it's going way back. Uh, I would also. You see what I'm saying? I, that's the part. Number five. Because it says rankings. like two perfect examples are Val Jenkins and Nate Doss, who both so, stepped off. So this Val is, Jenkins will be ranked number six and Doss will be ranked number 13 in the world, but they haven't played in years. So that's why I have to do the precedent of playing a certain amount of time. Yeah, but then it says each player maintains a certain number of touring points. This doesn't affect where they appear, just whether they appear or not. Um, touring points cut off. It said at the two of oh, the cutoff for who makes the leaderboard is set at the two hundredth highest number of touring points across both divisions. Say it again. So it's not a minimum number of points. You have to have more. Po- you have to be in the top two hundred points wise. So, so Kale's not in the top 200 points-wise from playing those three events? Well, because all you get is two points if you play at a major, one point if you play at an elite series. So if anyone's played more events, it doesn't matter where you finish points-wise. It's just that you have to be active. It's like basically like you're qualifying. So, so if there's 200 players... You can't show up to one event, dominate, dominate number one in the Which world. is yeah. like what happens in the ratings when that guy from Texas is like 1050. 1040 or whatever. Well, there's a guy, that, there's a guy has, that's 1050 now. He still has yet to play another. A guy just, yeah. just became 1050 rated. I would rated. never. I would create a new account and just keep the other one. A guy in Europe is 1050 rated now with only 10 rounds on his rating, whereas Eagle respect. McMahon has 50 rounds on respect. his rating. Respect. Um, so that's where the ratings just make no sense. But yeah, so 200. So I guess it's like the 200 most active players are available for world yeah, rankings. Yeah. No. So okay, I'm about to bring something new to the show. Very hey. interesting. <laughs> hey, uh, and then the dominance index is basically P, which player one beats player two, equals the dominance index of player one divided by the dominance index of player one plus player two. You need like a whiteboard, right? This equation, Matt yeah. Professor Thomas here. So it's basically saying, oh, this is to calculate probability. Okay, but can there's we, there's a whole math might, thing. I think, of, we just talk I think about, we're all a little too dumb. Yeah, let's just <laughs> let's just break it down like this. I see what they're trying to do, and I think it makes a lot of sense for chess. Okay, because <laughs> yeah, that's how they chess, do chess. I have head to head every time. It's head to head every time, and I have yet to see someone go and go. Man, you know what? My pawn game today was just it was off. I don't know what was going on. I my couldn't. I game. couldn't. I couldn't move my pawns. Disc golf is not chess is all mental, right? So you might make a mistake mentally, but there's never going to be a point of where your timing is going to be off. And there's just, you're just trying to figure out your swing or your putt or whatever it is. And so that's why I, I don't like using what chess does because disc golf is the farthest thing possible from chess in the sense that, Disc golf is not only a mental game, but it's also a physical game. So you're going to have people that go out and have off days. You can't really have an off tournament in chess. But I think that what, from what I get now that I've read that and yeah. thought about it a bit more is I think the biggest flaw in this ranking system is new players coming onto the scene because the dominance index considers, it seems like way back because considering Nate Doss has one, uh, 
Oh, really? That's what they're saying. Yeah, that, that's why they're saying we had to How put this. Because years is that? I think it's like your entire career generate your dominance index. I think maybe, that's the biggest flaw. Maybe it just weighs heavier than the more recent it is. That's why you see a player like Greg Barsby in 18th right now. Interesting. Where because your dominance index is basing way back, so like it makes it harder, I think, for a new player to burst onto the scene because it's just based on the dominance index. What I like about it though is it's just taking that and seeing okay. Right now, Paul has the highest dominance index. If he keeps winning, that'll keep going like up, up, up because of people he's beating. But the second Calvin beats Paul, which Calvin has like a 37.9 dominance index, then Calvin's is going to go up because he's beating someone who's ahead of him. Right. So if you beat someone who's ahead of you, your dominance index should go up. If someone who's behind you beats you, your dominance index goes down. So in a situation like you where you finished, what was it, 30th um, at the Pro Tour? I went down. And you went down? From what like must have happened is people behind you in the world rankings must have been in the top 30, beating you. To where your finish place-wise doesn't matter. It's just who beat you that weekend and who you beat that weekend. If that makes sense. Yeah. It, ju- it just does. It, it seems a little odd that you can move that many spots from one event. But... Um, there's like there's another question about the ranking or about the world standings and stuff is like you could theoretically have a situation where some guy beats some guy by one stroke at every event yeah and then there's one event that the guy beats him by 20 strokes but the strokes don't matter strokes don't matter but you would think if the guy beat him by 20 but if you looked at that it would be tough to be like, oh, that one guy's way better. Well, the logic is, like, like let's say it's Paul and Ricky. Mm-hmm. And Ricky's beating Paul by one stroke, one stroke, one stroke. So Ricky's just beating Paul every weekend. And let's say that they're and in then 50th the next... and 51st place, not first and second. Say 50th and 51st. Okay, 50th and 51st. Okay. Next weekend, Paul gives to 30th. Because you're not going to, 50 and 51st isn't going to have a 20-stroke gap. Correct. If there's a 20-stroke gap, let's say so Paul Ricky now stays, jumps. Ricky stays the same Ricky at stays 50th. at 50th. And now Paul jumps from 51st up to 30th. Yeah. The stroke doesn't matter in that, that he beat him by 20. But, if you but look, what matters, now he's beaten 20 more people whose dominance index are higher than Ricky. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Potentially. It depends on who those people are, though. They could... Well, that's so, why I think first so and second makes more sense. that's where it's weird because... I, well, yeah, but that's, I'm showing the flaws in the system. Well, yeah, it matters because who if I looked, falls if I, in there. If, if we looked at that objective... Ob- objectively and we looked at two people's seasons and it was 50 51 50 51 50 at every tournament and then one tournament the same guy got 50 and then this guy got 20th everyone's gonna say the guy that had tw- a 20th finish had the better season right but he might not have a higher world ranking because the 20th guy depending I think on he who- would Depending on who he beats. If he got to 20th place, he's not beating only people that are below 50th in the world ranking. There's no way. You could. Depends on the field. That would be a super anomaly. Fields fields change all. But I'm saying, like, does it matter if you beat someone by one point? By one stroke? Because wouldn't wouldn't your problem, if Ricky beat Paul 20 events in a row, and then one event Paul would beat, beat Ricky. You're telling me that Paul, Ricky's probability, his dominance factor over Paul wouldn't be very high because he's 20 and No, 0. because they're, they're right next to each other. So it's factoring everyone you're beating. So Ricky and Paul are beating the entire same field except for Ricky's now beating Paul. 
So their dominance right, factor right. would be barely better than so Paul's. So it's not changing a ton because because it's, it's only one per- person. It's all about the percentage of like what percentage people of around you. you. It's like it's who you're beating. That's yeah, all it yeah. is. It's, it's who all, you're beating and who's beating it's you. It's all about what are your odds of beating that person. And if Paul yeah. and Ricky are staying next to each other, their odds of beating each other are gonna be are really gonna close. Okay, so close. then what happens if someone has okay number one player in the world has a bad bad day, and they drop down to 49th, and someone goes to 48th, but the other guy stays at 50th. Wouldn't that person have a huge? That boost would get a by, big boost, but, but it also it that's also factoring big, who beat him into it as well. Okay, so it's not just like oh I popped off and beat Paul. It's like oh well, I think, I think it's all very, these twenty people in front of you also beat you still. So that's where it, it keeps it true to where you can't just oh well thank goodness Paul came in fifteenth and I came in eleventh today because now I'm my dominance rating just went up thirty points. That's why like the biggest movers you're seeing is like. Paul went up by eight at Des Moines, but it's because so none like, of the top names. You like are this? I like this more than what we have. Yeah. Okay. I, have, I think I have flaws, another. I have another world ranking. Okay. Because I think dark horse world there's, ranking there's system. My biggest. My biggest flaw. I love the dominance index. Do you know how the? Do you know the PGA Tour? Or like, do you know how golf does it? You know I don't. Do you know how golf does it? I know. Are you talking it's about like? Are you talking about like the world rankings? Yes. I know. I used to. I know that like the they do it on like points like this, yeah. but I don't know how they get. I was it. gonna say my only flaw with this I before we go to another one. They do it. Somebody was like Tiger was able to stay on top of it for like four years, so it my, must be different. Yeah, that's my only flaw with this. this is it, it factors back too much? Yeah. To where the right now a player but also it's like you beating the other flaw in this too is is like you said the new players coming on and stuff. It's really hard to say like oh you beat this person so therefore you now are getting but that's why you have to have the top 200 active points to be on the list so you it requires you to have played x amount of events before you even show up on the list i also say so if it didn't factor as far back i think it would be pretty accurate because then if you've played let's say the top 200 players have played five pro tour events in the future now you had to have played five pro tour events and across those five, you're going to get a pretty good average of where this person's finishing, who they're beating, and who they're losing to consistently to where you can get a good world ranking. The issue is when you go farther back, like how Nate Doss has a dominance factor that would put him in 13th in the world, when I, if he went out right now, he wouldn't be number 13 in the world. I would just love to see, like, I would love to see, because we can't really do this right now because obviously we don't have enough data points, but I would love to see someone that consistently finishes 10th to 5th Okay, like that guy that consistent every event he's tenth to fifth. In your mind, you would think, okay, he's a top ten player in the world because he's literally finishing tenth to fifth every event. And then you have a guy that wins three events and finishes out of cash at every other event. The guy that wins three events and finishes out of cash at every other event, I would love to see like where he would rank compared to the guy that only has top 10 finishes yeah. but never wins yeah. well here let's look at this really quick this doesn't really happen in let's just look at right the top now. 10 it doesn't happen yeah. but it happens in golf when oh, the absolutely. fields the fields are, are so the deeper. main thing happening this year is the the pro tour mm-hmm. and so i'm gonna just go on the pro tour standings and compare them just to the world ranking top 10 okay and just kind of see what that looks like so 10th place in pro tour double g 10th place world ranking nate sexton Ninth place world ranking is a little tough because they can't play Pro Tours, but it's Vino Mikella, who I think that's probably pretty accurate. He's a pretty filthy, uh, I think he's Finnish mm-hmm. or Estonian mm-hmm. player. So that one's a little tough. Ezra's ninth there. Adam Ham is eighth. Kevin Jones, seventh. This is world ranking. James Conrad, sixth, whereas those players are six, seven, eight as well on the Pro Tour standing, but Conrad's in eighth instead of in sixth. 
So those are pretty accurate. Fifth, we have Dickerson on the world ranking, and we have Nico on the Pro Tour. Yeah, Nico's inflated in the Pro Tour. That's rankings. interesting. Mm-hmm. And so then the like, top four are the same, just in different. Nico's order. like fifteen because he's in the played world really rankings. good. He's played really good at he a lot a of Pro Tour events. He has a win, doesn't he? Yeah, he has yeah, a win. Yeah, Waco. Waco. Is, so let's look yeah, at Double G. Seen. Where is he? so Nico's in fifteenth in the world ranking, but fifth in the Pro Tour ranking. Double G is going to be an interesting one. one. Thing that's Double interesting, G's twenty fourth world ranking, tenth Pro Tour ranking. One thing that is interesting too about disc golf world rankings is like I was mentioning with the golf one, which you're going to get into. Like guys can stay world number one for a long time. Yeah, you're, you you're able to do that. For winning. Right, you get. But in, so in disc golf, the world num- the world number one in disc golf is going to change like every other week. Like it's going to be so hard to. Very, it's kind of bad marketing wise to be able to call some because you can never call guys the world number one because it's going to change like every other week. Yeah. Whereas in in golf, like you could market a player as this is the world's best player. Now so, these days it changes more yeah. often. So I'll say. So I'll I'll go into this a little bit because this is this is a shout out to uh, uh, Disc Golf Illustrated, who I don't think I can say who runs this account, so I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> Especially since this is not the Patreon podcast, but sneaky, sneaky. Um, this is a analytical guy that is very good with numbers and has basically taken what golf does with the world rankings and has made his own spreadsheet, all that stuff. Interesting for disc golf. So it'd be interesting to see what you guys think. So of this is something rankings. where we have like the U disc rankings, the disc golf illustrated rankings, and the PDGA rankings. Yeah, and how he does it is the same thing as how golf does it, which is very interesting. Actually, is they basically have. For certain events, they have a straight-up point system. So for winning a major, you get, I don't know exactly the number, but let's just say 100 points for winning. Straight up, no questions about it. Uh, For winning certain big events that aren't majors, like the Players' Championship, 75 points. No, No questions about it. But then other events, what they do is they take into account all these other factors that come into it strength of field is one of them mm-hmm. of like who is in the field. So for example, the Des Moines challenge should have been way less points winning that than winning probably That's a great point. winning uh Ledgestone. Yeah. Say. When it's a you really got, solid got field. because that. you're that had that missed Eagle wasn't there. Dickerson wasn't there. Simon wasn't there. But in theory, this should be doing that as well. Because it's basing the dominance index on That's who's true. there. Somewhat. A, a, a little bit, but still the way that this thing has set up and the points, I think it's way easier to follow and understand, like, oh, you can you can literally see here how the person how this person has eight thousand two hundred and forty six points. Like there's there's a path for you to see that. There's no path. There's no path. Yeah, you have no idea being what's going able on to here. see how that happened. Um so I'll just say the top ten because I've I think this is actually probably the closest. And I'm not doing this also because I'm higher up in this. I'm actually, I think, the same. Yeah, I'm 52nd in this. And you're 57th in the world rankings. Yeah, so anyone that's saying like, oh, I'm super high in th- no, I'm not mm. doing that. This is another interesting thing about the golf world ranking, though, and I forgot this is how they do this, is you are not, you are, you the average points is what gets you the world number one, not your total amount of points. Cause yes, because Rom right now has like eighty more total points than Dustin Johnson based off the events, but he has a higher average point. So that's why I remembered the the number being low, and I was mm-hmm. like, why is it low? And it's because they go average, average points. So you can't just show up at a couple events and and well, you know, you can actually like you can show up if you go up and like win five events, right? And because that's one thing that people like complain about the disc golf pro tour 
but they they have that fixed a little bit because they drop off your like bottom three events. Right. So that way, if like you don't show up, you, yeah, you're not getting you crushed get by someone that just shows up to everyone. Um, but these are the top ten. You got Ricky at one. I don't know if this has been updated since Paul's win. Okay, but so it's either this has either been updated or it's just before, uh, just after Worlds. So Ricky at one, Paul at two. Calvin at three, Eagle at four, Chris at five, James at six, Kevin at seven, Nico at eight, Adam at nine, and Kyle Klein at 10. So that's almost dead on this top 10. Because this top 10 goes Paul, Eagle, Ricky, Calvin, Dickerson fifth, Conrad sixth, Kevin Jones seventh, Adam Ham is eighth, Vino McKellen ninth, Nate Sexton tenth, but then Kyle so Klein Nate 11th. Sexton on this one? is 27th but i think that's where the pass factors in too much yeah that's what that's what i think is the biggest flaw of this one yeah i think the pass factors. is ezra in too high much. on that one ezra he shouldn't be because he's newer a newer player that's where the issue where's see where like ezra and gavin ezra's are. 28th okay gavin was Ez, ezra's 16th on this one and gavin is 108 nope that's wrong gavin <laughs> gavin's 17th. Gavin 17th okay uh, so yeah i mean it'll be interesting to see kind of i think i think but marketing I think, wise though regardless of whether this is accurate or not marketing wise i think it's the same thing with like the bcs uh the bcs or what is it called it's now? now it's called the college football college football playoff ranking okay same thing though it's like science basically instead of but they have a formula that you can actually look at and it yeah. makes sense like yeah. you can see like strength of schedule okay i understand what that means yeah you can see kind of the pathway well, of be, how players get there this i think is hard they just to, take this math and dumb it down to but it's based off of like beating this person, beating this person. And it's like, I think it's really hard for yeah. you to actually see that where points you can see like this guy got second at this event. It gave him this many points. This event gave him this many points. And you can, it can make sense where like, okay, he won. Well, the tough part of points is you'd have to have some type of drop factor too. No, you do the average. That's what, mm. that's what, they're, that's what yeah. they're doing. They're average. So that way you have it set up where it's yeah. like a minimum of a certain amount of fence, right? Because you can't just show up at one event and win yeah. it and be world's number one. Well, I also think points. back to the someone won't hold the number one spot in this. I think I disagree with that because like... Well, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I don't it's think switched. so. It hasn't happened yet, but part of it is Paul just got a big lead, dominance index-wise. He went up eight points because at an event, Eagle... What did Eagle finish at Des Moines? Was he at Des Moines? Mm, no, he so. wasn't there. Him and Simon weren't there. Yeah, I remember so like, so what? Eagle got screwed because he didn't show up to an event. Well, Paul jumped eight points because however he beat. He beat Calvin. He beat Calvin by a lot because Calvin. James. No, Calvin almost won the event. No, James by a lot. He beat there's, James. There's by a lot, lot of players who were dropping because of who they. I mean, beat part by. of it. Part of it is just because. So <laughs> Part of it is because like three or four guys win like every event in MPO, whereas in on the PGA Tour, like. More. The parody is That's obviously what I'm saying. so if you're, much higher. If you're a player who's constantly finishing in the top three to where only two guys are beating you, but those two guys aren't also always in the top three, which in disc golf, that doesn't exist. The top four guys are pretty much always in the top four. If you were a... Like Paul in 2015 would have been world number one all year. I agree. I'm just saying like... No way Like I that. said, like there have been runs where guys go years as world number one in golf and that will... But it, you like that? I mean, it's, it's like kind of market... It's very marketable for the sport and that player. I mean, it's in it's in every sport. Yeah, like LeBron James has been argued as the best player in the NBA for years. Yeah, but like Tom that's actually been, true. Tom Brady's been argued that. Well, it's the same in golf. You're not. It's just. It's a, we're not saying. Well, I'm that. saying like. It, but let's say that Tiger, because of his point average or whatever it is, like let's say that year four where he's still world number one, starts playing bad. 
well, he would lose his ranking. Yeah, he quick. would lose his ranking. You, would, you can lose your world number one real So then, fast. if you're shredding, you're gonna be you're gonna be world number one. Or we're just saying it won't it won't be the run won't be as long. Like it might be like you go five weeks as world number one into in this climate. You might in this five climate, weeks to be a but heck in of this run. climate in golf, it was the it would be the exact same thing. But that does it just hasn't happened. It doesn't typically happen that way. Well, yeah, but you can't say that the point system's messed up because we have four guys. Who no, no, top. I'm just I'm just saying it's like, not. You can't a, be like, I, well, this is screwed because no, there's four guys. No, I'm just saying it's just not. It's, just, it. it's a marketable thing that yeah. disc golf would, doesn't have. I think if it was an average point, if they did the exact same PGA. I, I completely agree. I'm not saying that it's uh, something wrong with the things. I'm just saying it's interesting that they're going to be missing that. They're going to be bouncing around. I think. I think it's too. As other sports, I agree that it's not a problem with the, the system. That's not what I'm trying to say. But there's no there's no ranking system in disc golf that would fix that. I agree. No, no. I'm you, just you saying. Just it's an interesting, it's an interesting problem. It's not. But I don't think it's a problem. That's what I'm saying. It's okay. the thing. Well, it's a problem in the sense that you can't market something. Like, Imagine well, somebody asking. Not a true number one. What are you going to do? You're going to start shouting out your player as the world number one, and two days later, they're yeah. no longer the world number one. Well, that's that's what's going on because there's no true world number one right now. There's a world number yeah. world top. Four. I think that's like an identity crisis for disc golf. Yeah, I but don't think I, don't I think see that any, as a positive. No. Well, I also don't think anyone has really. Um, I don't know what the word is, but has really cemented themselves as one. No, I was going to say has really taken the UDIS world rankings as the world rankings. I don't think no, it's happened. Yeah, no, it's it's happened yet. Well, the ratings to. have gone back and forth like that too, though. So yeah. like, it hasn't been that hey, way. Hey, you know what? Although Paul no one, was. No one talked about ratings time. this week. Yeah, they did. Hey, well, Discmania posted because Eagle is number one. Discmania made a big post, 1053. I saw a few memes. And, and You're well, close. Nick, I was about Nick to Carl congratulate too because Nick Carl he got nine ninety nine. He got nine nine nine. I was about Poor to guy. congratulate everyone out there. I didn't see as much from the pros, which I want to just. I know. I don't uh, know Eagle how many, didn't post about. I don't know it, how many know pros of. are watching that's, this, but that's impressive. Is that real? Um, I don't think Eagle posted about I it. Think, I don't I think, think Ricky I posted an, about it, and they are both. I think more and more pros are starting to not care, which I love. Well, that's what happened. Is like, yeah, Eagle did not post about it, and I'll double check. Ricky stop posting about it, and it goes away. That's right. And Ricky also did not post about it. Yeah, Discmania posted. That's fine. They're trying to make money. Yeah, Discmania posted hustle. the same picture of Eagle from 17 years ago. They, I think they did like <laughs> I think they did like three photo shoots a few years back, and they just keep just cycling those pictures. <laughs> every time you go on Discmania, man. they're all in the exact same scenario, exact same like clothes. Oh, so they just got like a stock photos folder. Yeah, they just got like rolling through them. This oh, photos just one today. Yeah. But nice. yeah, other than that, you're right. No one, no one was really posting about it. That's good. I like it. And a lot of the pros I've talked to recently don't care about ratings anymore, which yeah. is, I think, a real you? big shift. <laughs> well, big a real thing, big shift. I think that's what world rankings, if you just, I think you just needs to solve the history they're, problem. They're, I think I trust you as a company. You just will adjust. I think, uh, yeah, I think you disc is a company that listens to feedback yeah. and like, I think they're going to figure it out. You just will. They're a smart company. You just will hear I people. You just need stuff. to have, you just need to have a formula that people understand though. Cause when the yeah, BCS I mean, first came out, no one understood it. And it was like very like, but they eventually got to where people understood it. Mm hmm. Do they adjust changing, the formula yeah, or do they just clarify they, it? They, they've changed their formula. I think, I, I'm not sure. It's like a little I just, bit of both? I mean, I, I think now, I mean, there's still like a little bit like how the heck is this team ranked above this team, I think. Yeah. When you get but there was the nitty gritty. way more of that back in the yeah. day. Because that's what I think, like strength of schedule, that's subjective to a certain degree. 
Yes, it's still, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's still when you're doing it, when you're doing stuff, it in the yeah. preseason, but strength of schedule also fluctuates as the season goes on because, like, that's what happens when like you're cheering for. Alabama to, beat, to beat Georgia because you want that Alabama game to be stronger on your schedule. Yeah, yeah. that sort of thing. Which is actually and I love college fantastic. football. <laughs> love college it's football. so good. It's literally almost like like when you bet sometimes in sports to make like sports more interesting. College football like has that ingrained already yeah. without even having to bet because you're literally rooting for two teams that you literally despise. But you, you but you're like, I need this team to beat this team. So when we beat them, it makes it seem like it's a better win. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Or, or since or we've already opposite. lost to them, we need them to be winning yes. so that it looks they like a great win loss. Out. <laughs> yeah. They need to win out. It's yeah. the worst when you beat like a number one at the end, beginning of the season. You're like, oh my god, and then they like lose they just four more stink. games. Yeah, you're like oh no, they got the they got the preseason. That happened to. When Liberty beat Baylor, Baylor and they were all oh, yeah, the rest Baylor is supposed to be like filthy, and we go out and beat them. It's like home this, opener. The school literally got the next day of classes canceled. Yeah, like it was like and the biggest moment. Win. They went like two and thirteen. And then Baylor or just something. sucked. Yeah. <laughs> they were awful that year. We ruined their whole season. It was supposed to be like the biggest win in school history, and it was just like never mind. Baylor sucks. That's awesome. <laughs> so, but no, I th- I think as like because before we've never had a world ranking other than the PDJ one that updates at the end of the year. Yeah. And so having something like this where players can look at, because that's the other thing is you just was talking about is like, you will never get penalized for winning. So like when Paul shows up and, or like, let's say yeah, Paul comes to C tier. Cause that's a ratings thing. That's a ratings yeah. thing. But that's, that's what we've ratings, had. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they're, that's what they were saying is like yeah. a player won't get penalized. They're talking about disc golf. For, not other here's sports. the thing. Yeah. I'm just curious because you disc, I, I, they obviously when they were looking at world rankings, there's no chance they didn't look at, the world golf rankings to see how they do it. That and, would be a fan. And somewhere, somewhere question. along the line, they had to look at that and decide, no, we have a better idea. So I'm just curious. I want to know. I, I get him really, on the Nick and Matt show. Yeah, I was going to say, they, get him on the Nick and Matt show. Ask ask him about. I just love the dominance index. I don't know what it is. Something about it just, I love it. I, I love, feel like this should I love be clicking hated, Paul but, but I feel and like clicking James. Be, I feel like this should be separate. I just love clicking Paul and James and you see this pop up and it's like, Paul's supposed to win 72% of the time. I don't think that stat is that good. I think that's amazing. But no, I think... I love that. So here I'm saying. I think this is a dumb stat in the sense that it's a dumb... You're good, a dumb no, stat, man. It's, it's a dumb on. good stat because it's people like you really like it. So that's why I think there needs to be a secondary... Like they should have a dominance rating like that for you just to click on it and enjoy it. Yeah. But their, their world ranking should be something that you can actually like understand the point situation. That's, I mean, that makes sense. Because I also liked like... Because uh, they have that... I mean, they have that in every... Um, ESPN has like the probability of winning and like... I personally think it's kind of silly to be like, oh, this team has, and then like, well, I just right. like, like when Noah Miensma won, he had yeah. a 2% chance against that field of winning. It's a cool stat. That's a I cool just stat. I don't know if it should decide the world rankings, I guess. Is what yes. You're that's what I'm saying. Maybe. It's, it's a cool stat to look, look at and be like, oh man. I just love like, dude, Noah Miensma just won a tournament a, and he had yeah. 2% chance yeah, that's of winning. That's a cool stat because people do talk about it, like March Madness a lot of times. And you were saying that's like the closest the... thing we've had to being able to set up odds for tournaments. It is, yeah, it is the closest mm. thing we've had to setting up uh, I have like no pre-tournament idea how odds. That. I have no idea how, how golf does that. I don't know, because don't they set the initial it's, line? There's like guys whose job it is well, to do it. Now, I know I nothing like about that betting. It's so hard to do. It's the hardest job. Because some players, the, like the course, like, again. Guys who set Isn't like, the fo- line adjusted based on how play, people are betting too, though? Yeah. People, there's, well, there's like an so like, opening line and, and then, then there's, live, there's live lines that go like out the, the game. You can, the, no, but the um, odds, like when it's set at like 1 to 100 to win the Masters, right. that's set. Those are line makers that do that. It, like if you, I, I'm pretty sure if you bet, if someone comes in and bets $100,000 on that, 
Like it doesn't change no. one. No, to their bet doesn't. But like if I no, bet the next a one week doesn't. later, no, it doesn't. Like, no, 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 no. Those the opening odds don't. Th- those won't so then what change. are the shifting odds? Shifting odds is like a lot of times fights. Fight fights are the. I easiest know MMA because yeah. that's what that's where that's I saw it. In a it's like Connor was way basketball, down basketball in the too. third quarter. If I think it's one v one. Those odds are gonna ch- it's gonna change and now you can get in a bet. I think it's one v one. I think it has to be like head to head is when the when the odds change a lot because at the end of the day like you the people behind don't want everyone betting on this one team and being like, okay, yeah. if this team wins, we're losing those are, a lot of money. Those are gambling companies that have guys making those lines like in Vegas or whatever. Yeah. And they're just the best at what they do because there's a reason that gambling it like has business. It's because people look at those bets and think that's a sure win. And it's not. And I don't know those line makers like so good. If they ever turn to gamblers, they probably make so much money. <laughs> There's gotta be some kind of rule against that because they are incredible. They're at what so they good. Like the over under of how good they over are under predicting. is the most ridiculous. Like the percentage I've seen the percentages of like how often they predict within a few points, what the over under is going to be wild. It's, I, they are literally have crystal I'd like balls. To see, I'd like, like to see their like March madness bracket where they like, Predict the winning score too. I feel like you would be yeah. an under guy. Oh, smash! I don't know which what that is means. so weird. Like cheering for the you're under. cheering cheering for like less if the, points. If the under over under is seventy two in a college basketball game, or well, in a college basketball, it game, would depend on the it'd team. It'd be like a hundred and six. It depend on the team. I could never bet under. Like I, if UVA is playing. See, see, you're Frick, already talking there. about ways of like <laughs> if UVA's playing and they're like packed that way. But think about watching like, for misses. Yeah, you're literally <laughs> cheering for bad. No, I'm cheering for good defense. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a defense guy. Uh, but, I love that actually. UVA, but then Stay if I'm watching Kentucky play or Duke play or like someone who's like pushing the ball a lot, then I'm going over. <laughs> it depends on the team. That makes I, perfect. You're sense. not. You're the type of guy that would actually make money gambling because you know be smart about it. Most guys like take the over. You know what we need to do. Okay, we need to get everyone in the office. Okay, I'll I'll find the sponsor to 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 do this. Okay, okay. we'll get like ten thousand dollars. Okay, yeah, we'll okay. each. Yeah. I'll track it. I'll okay. track it. Okay, no, this is actually a great. Where are we idea. going? I'll get some sort of like sports bookie, like betting, some gambling website to to sponsor this video or sponsor this event. We will break up the money evenly. So if it's like twenty thousand dollars, we each get five or whatever it is. Okay. And then you can literally, during March Madness, you can literally bet on anything. <laughs> oh my God. You can bet on whatever. You can literally bet on over-under. You can bet on a team. You can do a parlay. I'm putting it all on Creighton to you win can, it all, baby. You can literally, you can go all in. You can go all in on one bet. You, you can always decide. Like, you could, you could bet. And we just live stream every, you, every you game. Could, you could bet 5,000 on Duke winning the first round. And that would like, be the worst bet ever. And then, and going home. Like, and then, I'm not betting anything. I bet on the 15 seat over Duke is what I'd put my money on and then what time. we can do is like have something at the very end have something set up where the winner like the whoever wins the most money takes it all or something i'm taking, I'm taking something the, I'm, taking, I'm putting all my money on the one seat in the first round they're gonna be like minus and then you won't four, bet the rest they'll be like, you won't they'll be bet like the minus rest? four thousand to win it'll be like i'll make like two bucks off of it and then <laughs> i'll take it home five grand? i'm in the positive and you guys will all lose all your money you bet against uva the year they get beat by lose. the 16 seed no I I, i'm over here live that. betting for sure like I next not next basket five bucks i'm the type of guy that's like like who's gonna like next basket i would split mine up I'd be betting small bets everywhere. I like the dumb bets. <laughs> That's what I would do. I Spread like, it out. I like the really stupid bets when they're like, 
uh, the coin toss bets yes. and stuff. Like, I want the dumb bets. Like, Dude, who's going to Gatorade? How many? Yeah, like, what color is the Gatorade? <laughs> are they going to dump Gatorade on the coach? Will they storm the court? Like, those are the bets I want. Dude, if you, okay, I heard a joke the other day. This could be fascinating. <laughs> I heard a joke the other day. Yeah, you need a big board, too, with all the bets. <laughs> <laughs> a big board. <laughs> all right, I'm going to finish the podcast out with this joke because it's, it kind of reminds me of what we're talking on. So, there's this dude. He walks into a lawyer's office. It's him and a, him and a friend walking to a lawyer's office. And they're talking to a lawyer or whatever, and he bets the lawyer, he's like, hey, I bet you five grand that I can bite my left eyeball. <laughs> Lawyer's like, what? How much take easy, easy out? five grand. Shakes on it. Guy has a glass eye, pulls his eyeball out, bites his eyeball, pops it back in. Dude goes, all right, double or nothing that I can bite my right eyeball. Same <laughs> and the guy? Lawyer, the same guy. So the lawyer's like, well, there's no way this guy has two glass eyeballs. He walked in here on his own. There's no way. So he, he shakes it. He's like, all right, easy, double or nothing. I'll get 10 grand. So then the dude pulls his dentures out, bites his right oh. eye, puts his dentures back in. He's at 10 grand. He goes, all right, all right, double or nothing again, 20 grand. I can stand on this side of the desk and pee into the trash can on the other side of your desk without spilling a single droplet anywhere. And the lawyer's like, surely this guy can't do that. Like, that's just a physical stunt. So he shakes his hand. So the dude drops his pants and just pees everywhere, all over <laughs> everything in the office, like not even close to the trash can. The, guy, the lawyer starts celebrating. Then the guy's friend starts shaking his head behind him. He's like, what? He goes, he bet me 100 grand before he walked in that he could pee on your desk and you'd be happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's going to wrap it up for this week's Crip Lock. That was enjoyed. actually really good. Uh, don't forget really to tune in to the Bogey Bro Banter over on Patreon oh, exclusive podcast. Do we have uh, any Bogey Bro merch? That, uh, we have a shirt. Merch? We don't have Bogey Bro Banter merch yet. No. Yeah, no. Well, we'll have to get that up now that Brody mentioned it. But I hopefully. get so jealous at home watching you guys have all this sick merch and I'm just sitting at home being like, I want that. Well, I mean, move to Virginia. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you all next week.